lot of talk going on these days about who is the greatest ever, about who has the titles, the raw talent, the most clutch moments. I get it. It's a tough call. I mean, even the jersey numbers are the same. But maybe the best way to settle this debate is to play it out head to head. podcast coming to you a little later than usual but i promise you we're gonna show up unlike the oakland raiders again i'm always uh with my talented co-host mr superstar star studded slash hollywood mr Murr. say what's up hey man we're here we made it like a one-handed catch at the 30 that we're taking all the way down to the 10 shout out to kittle hey we're here, man. Uh, we're happy to be here again. Uh, giving you guys the ins and outs of what's going on in this week of NFL action, at least. Um, I do say, I'll give a little shout-out uh, to Derrick Rose for the 50-point game. You know, uh, Jazz is still a great team, man. But sometimes, you know, America loves a redemption story. They love seeing somebody go from the depths uh, back up, you know. Um, now, another thing that's got me a little puzzled this week, uh, speaking of depths to rising up, some of these random trades that's going on in the NFL, man. I need you to explain that something to me, Mike. Uh, one in particular has got me a little tight, and we're going to talk about this right now. Okay. Um, Golden Tate uh, getting traded from the Lions to the Eagles uh, for a third-round pick. Now, Golden Tate has been, you know, the number one option since Megatron left. Uh, nice going to the Eagles, who already have basically a crowded wide receiver depth chart that it is, which you know some Aguilar's and Alshon Jeffries and Jordan Matthews, um, and and they're giving up a third round pick for a position that they really didn't need. Um, I don't think people understand how important a third round pick is. Just to give you an idea, former third round picks that have changed the face of franchises include Russell Wilson. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Frank Gore, Steve Smith Sr. I mean, it, it's a situation where a third-round pick, in theory, I mean, once again, it's not a first or a second, but a third-round pick can really change the face of a franchise, and you gave that up to get a guy on the backside of his wide receiver career and, and a position you really don't need like that. Tell me something about that, Mike, please. Well, I mean, think about it. They do have uh, Alshon Jeffrey, they have Nelson Aguilar, and they did bring back... Uh, fan favorite Jordan Matthews, but none of those guys can seem to stay healthy. Uh, Aguilar coming into last season had uh, drop issues coming out of USC, coming into the league. When uh, Doug Peterson was hired, he said Aguilar was on on alert to be possibly cut. He actually showed up. And uh, this year with the absence of Jeffrey, he had a high volume of catches, even though uh, Zach Ertz was definitely I mean, I'm not saying was, definitely is the number one option on that team, I think, even with Jeffrey in the lineup. Jeffrey, yes, yes, big playability, big, big wide receiver type, but uh, Golden Tate, man, you got to think about it. Philly likes to get a lot of their playmakers in space. Golden Tate, yes, he's on the backside of his career, but he still has the yak. You've seen him this year against the Cowboys, making Jordan Lutless and uh, Todd Heath. Uh, Jordan Heath uh, looks silly. Uh, I don't think they gave up much for him. Uh, the Lions get a third-round pick in this year's draft for Golden Tate. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, 
I will say this. Golden Tate, if Nelson Aguilar was to ever maximize his potential, he would be Golden Tate. So they were like, you know what? Let's not bank on him possibly maximizing his potential, and let's just go get the guy that we think he can turn into. And my other argument is the is the is is what is what is Denver doing? I giving up Demarius Thomas, you know, for a fourth and a, and, a, and swapping seventh rounds for next year's draft doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, especially because Denver doesn't have the depth that let's say uh, Philly has right now. Um, I got two names for you. You tell me who in Denver is going to get those catches that Thomas isn't now. Uh, we got uh, Emmanuel Sanders leading the pack. Uh, then you got, you know, uh, let's see, uh, Deshaun Hilton's out, uh, Hamilton's out. So it'd be Cortland Sutton. So you think Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton is the wide receiver court that's going to get you to the postseason? Well, I don't necessarily think the postseason, but you can probably get some offense production. I mean, again, you know, to bounce off what you just said, if, uh, if my knowledge suits me right, the only veteran they have on the Denver Broncos wide receiving court is Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, they have a guy, they have a bunch of guys out of their first year or second year. So, uh, I, I mean, like I said, uh, now now it's time for Emmanuel Sanders to prove his worth as a number one guy. Uh, you he, would be the number two guy in Houston? Who? Thomas? Deshaun Des- no, Deshaun Hopkins? No, 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 no. Hop- that's Hopkins' team. But I'm saying with uh, with Denver, you know, with the with the absence of uh, Demarius Thomas, obviously Emmanuel Sanders moves into that number one spot. But I think this is a perfect fit for Demarius Thomas. Has his quarterback has more of an upside. And uh, think about it. He has the one of the best, not if not the best wide receiver in football opposite of him. So it's definitely going to be one-on-one coverage for those guys. And uh, Demarius Thomas is known for the 50-50 balls. And I think he's going to get a lot more single coverage, you know. Uh, I think if uh, Texans had a better run game, it would be a little bit more potent offense. But we'll see how uh, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue play into this uh, fit. But I definitely think – I don't think uh, Houston gave up that much. Technically, they only really gave up a fourth round, and all they're doing is swapping, like you said, picks in next year's draft. So, technically, they're just giving up one pick for him with with a guy that's still technically in his prime or coming into his prime. I definitely think it helps their young quarterback and gives them another weapon to – keep a firm hold on that division like they already have. I disagree 100%. I think that fourth-round pick could have been used for a guy uh, to replace Alfred Blue. They need a a, a legitimate back uh, in the backfield um, uh, against Miller um, because Miller's only got but so many years ahead of him, you know, and and, and Alfred Blue's been been, been a perennial career backup in Houston his entire time. They need some fresh breath, some fresh legs out there in Houston. As far as the rushing game is concerned, they're going to make any kind of really serious run um, this uh, this upcoming offseason. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. We'll see. Uh, there's a lot of young backs coming out. So possibly a, maybe a Giovanni Bernard. Hmm. You never know. That could be, a, that could be a, a name that's linked there. But, you know, we're not biased on this show, even though sometimes we are. Uh, I'm biased. I'm 100% biased. If we're talking offense, you know, we got to go to the guys that try to stop the offense. All right, we're going to go to a trade that kind of wowed me a little bit. But at the same time, I said, okay, this they're obviously making the right moves. I don't think this is a reach at all. 
The Green Bay Packers dealt their star safety, Ha Ha Clandex, to the Washington Redskins for a fourth round pick this year. I think it was an amazing move by the Redskins. I don't think it's a reach there. And if you watch the Redskins as past couple of years, they reach on guys, plenty of guys. Uh, most noticeable, Albert Hainsworth. They gave him a ridiculous contract. The man never stayed healthy, never got in shape. Hawkland Dix uh, back there with DJ Swearinger, a couple young corners. Definitely solidifies that uh, secondary for years to come. And uh, I think... You know, I think the Redskins are tired of being mediocre. In their last 57 games, I think, they are dead even in wins and losses. So, the, I think mediocre is done in, uh, in you, Washington. You, you think Ha-Ha Clinton Dix is going to be the catalyst to be that change? Yes. I think they have a lot more things they got to worry about, man. Uh, you, think, you think Adrian Peterson's next, back next season? No, I don't think. Hey, but look. I don't think they weren't about next season. They weren't about right now because technically they didn't. They didn't have Adrian Peterson in their plans. Because if you look at their draft, they drafted Darius Geis, uh, who was out of LSU, who was Leonard Fournette's backup a couple years ago, and he was doing the next great thing. He tore his ACL, so technically they're playing with house money on Adrian Peterson. They're expecting a healthy Darius Geis back next year, who's uh, who has uh, comparisons to Thomas Jones and uh, Marion Barber. So if you can get anything out of him, like those two guys produce for those franchises, they'll, they'll be all right. All right. What do you think about the doing about beefing up the line out in L.A.? Ooh, Mr. Dante Fowler Jr. Um, listen, man, this guy's going to get paid anyway. Obviously, Jacksonville is not going to pay him. And the only reason he's going to get paid due to the demand and pass rushing. But the Jazz Jazz get a 2019 third and the 29 and a 2025. Uh I don't I don't see that being a high investment in the Rams because obviously they don't really they're set up for past the 2019-2020 season with the guys they have now, so they're probably just trying to unload picks and win and win with what they have. I think Dante Fowler uh, prove his worth. It's cool to see him play on a on a LA team. I think he's kind of got like an LA vibe. Obviously, you know Jacksonville's taking a step back this season, and Rams is taking like four or five steps forward. So it'll be cool to see him with uh, probably getting a lot of one on one pass rush situations, due to the fact that offensive lines to worry about uh, your boy. Uh, Aaron Donald and uh, the Dominican Sue. You got Michael Brockers. They got a lot of guys over there, man. Uh, definitely with this move, the Rams were already all in after they traded for Brandon Cooks, but I definitely think they are saying, look, our offense is good, but we're definitely trying to pay attention to defense. And they gave up two picks that they're probably not even going to use these guys in the future. So uh, I think the Rams got a, got a good, fair deal for Father. And one other one I want to talk about real quick is the fact that uh, why are the Dallas Cowboys – not worried about other positions on their roster, and they keep just collecting other teams' wide receivers like they're friggin' Thanos and they're fucking Infinity Stones. Uh, right now, they're sitting with uh, more than three fourths of their depth chart in wide receiver team or receivers who were not on the team last season, uh, such as Tavon Austin, Amari Cooper, uh, and Alan Hearns. I hate all the Amari Cooper nonsense. Him getting himself out of that 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 sinking pirate ship that is the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, but. 
I mean, you know, it's it's good for him, even though he's uh he's only 24. But uh, how bad does that deal look for them giving a first round pick when other teams were able to finesse? Golden Tate was only traded for a third. You got Thomas for a fourth. You got High Clean Dix for uh, a fourth, and you got Dante Fowler for a third and fifth in the next two drafts. How how bad does that look on? the negotiation parts of Dallas when Jay, they when well, they kind of reached. Well Jerry Jones said he, he hadn't had a, a number one wide receiver in, in, in you know in years, you know, and I guess they see Amari Cooper being that number one guy. I mean the man has all the tools. He just had a few problems with drops the last couple seasons. But I don't know if the one wide receiver would be the thing that turns this franchise around. Uh I mean I think people are still gonna have to go, put the put everybody in the box to take care of uh you know um you know Ezekiel Elliott the concept being is that do you still try to go deep uh, for, uh, for, you know, for Amari Cooper? Yeah. But I, I'll give you this. Um, a lot of things have happened this, in this past couple weeks uh, as far as the trade deadlines. Um, there's a big game coming up. I want to talk about this big game coming up. Um, and, and, and we'll save this debate for another time. But um, the two best teams of football are going to play in a couple weeks. It's going to be the L.A. Rams. Versus the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. and they're playing in L.A. Okay. Uh, now, who do you think is the number one team in football right now, personally? Um, def- it has to be the Rams, easy. So, first of all, you're wrong. Uh, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and, and I'm going to put this bet on the line right now. Let's, say, let's make a quick wager real quick if you're down. I'm always down. Uh, you, know, you know me. Uh, they play each other in L.A., as I said before, on the 19th of this month. Uh, very simple. Loser washes the winner's car. In a woman's bikini. How do you feel about that? Hey, as long as it's pink, I'm down. Now, even though this is a, a audio podcast, I'm still going to shake your hand like a man. Yes, sir. Yep. I know you guys can't see it, but there's a handshake going on right now. So just to verify, then on our Facebook page, you will see uh, Mike from the Mike and Murph Show in a woman's bikini washing my car uh, when Kansas City trounces over the L.A. Rams in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we... If you guys listen to us a lot, we definitely got a lot of bets going on. The Ghost Pepper bet. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Uh, right now, we're going to pay the bills real quick, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Mike, if we could stop the sports arguments for just one moment. I remember you saying you was in the market for a new house. Definitely, man. I'm trying to settle down, put my roots in Orlando. Uh, yeah, but nobody's really helping me, bro. Hey, man, I got somebody who will help you out. Giovanni Figueroa from Lake Mary Realty, LLC. They handle residential real estate. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you can get a hold of them. Uh, what's his contact information, man? He sounds like a good guy. Hey, man, the number for you is 407-994-9106. Or you can hit them online at LakeMaryRealtyLLC.com. Your best interest is their priority. All right, man. Sounds like a good guy. I'm definitely looking into it. Hey, let me know how it goes. And we're back. Hey, it's been a, a crazy October fantober, as we call it, on the Mike and Merv show. You know, I'm Merv, man. Mike's out getting a soda or something. Uh, but I'm here with another super fan. We try to span as many sports as we can for this month. We had an MMA super fan on. Uh, we talked about the garbage Fridays, the NFC East, and the NFL. Um, but right now, I have uh, I have a pretty awesome uh, Bostonite, Bostonian. Uh, 
I'm not sure what you refer to it as. Um, but anyway, I got I got Jimmy P on the phone. She's excited about talking about her Red Sox who just clinched the World Series. Um, how are you feeling today? I feel really, really good. It's been a lot of sleepless nights and not sleeping too well, but Now, now, now you've seen a couple of these before, and this isn't, you know, the first championship you've gotten in your lifetime. Um, how many championships have the rest of won since you've been a fan? Um, since I've been a fan, four. This is the fourth one. So they won in 2004, uh, 2007. As, as you know, they have that long drought from 1918 all the way till 2004. Uh, so there's been a lot of folks who unfortunately weren't able to do that in their life. I mean, that is quite a shame, but I got a question now. Now, this one that, that you've just clinched, you've just gotten right now, does it feel as good as the first? Do all of them feel about the same, or is there definitely a difference? Um, the first one was special because you obviously beat the curse, and we came back from being um, three and o, down three and zero to the Yankees, our biggest rival. So that makes that one really special. But I feel like this one, we had such a good group of guys, all so young, and all who came up through the Red Sox system. Um, so to see them win you know 108 games and then you know go on to beat two really tough teams um and then go to the world series was really really special so i feel like this is probably my favorite one but there's nothing left before is very very close behind <laughs> now now is is against is against my right and my mom taught me better than ask ever ask a woman her age so i will ask this how many Octobers have you seen as a Boston Red Sox fan? Um, a lot. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid to say my age. I'm 29. So I was, when they won their first one, I was probably, I think I was 13 or so. So it's been a long time. All right, no, I hear you. And, and what got you started being in what, – what started your fandom of, of Red Sox, of the Red Sox? So I moved here from DR when I was younger. I was five, and I came straight to Massachusetts. Um, my dad was – played baseball in DR. Um, when he moved to the States, he continued his, his hobby of playing uh, baseball. And then um, – coming from the Dominican Republic where it's such a big sport and especially coming to Massachusetts where so many of our players from the Dominican Republic get sent to, it was almost just a very natural thing. Um, my whole family is into sports, um, into baseball, basketball, um, football. So it was, I think just very natural moving here and being from the Dominican Republic. All right. Now, now for Fantober, you know, we've gone through a bunch of different sports, as I said previously, and gotten a lot of different stories from different, from different aspects of it. Um, is there any one story in particular that stands out for you in your life um, that has kind of added to your fandom? Um, so 
I mean, this was not at an actual baseball game, but I got to meet um, David Ortiz. I've met him two or three times already. And the first one was after they won in 2004. We were actually in um, the airport in Miami on our way back from DR with my whole family. And he was there and he was the nicest person, so friendly and um, you felt like he was your long lost cousin. He was hugging everyone and, you know, asking us about how our time in DR was and how he is still trying to figure out what his long-term plans are. Um, I was able to meet him again a couple of years later and it was the same energy. And I think anybody who lives in Boston and who's had the chance to come across him uh, will say the same thing. All right, now that's like that's kind of heartwarming. I like to hear those kind of things. So just to say that you could never see yourself ever then possibly marrying, you know, a Yankees fan or anything. I'm safely assuming. <laughs> no, and my partner now is a huge um, Boston fan, um, so luckily I don't have to deal with that. I think it would be too much because we're just—it's just so much passion and so much pride in. Our local sport to, to feel like I would be comfortable dating somebody who was a Yankees fan, especially a Yankees fan. <laughs> definitely understandable. Definitely understandable. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that with that story you're telling me, that David Ortiz is your favorite player, or is there a different player your favorite player off the Red Sox? Um, I think all time it is Ortiz, uh, and probably out of all the Boston sports, he's my favorite. But this year, in the past couple years, since he's retired, um, I feel like the baton has been passed down to the best because he's the best similar um, person with that kind of charismatic and really approachable personality. And he's super young and super talented. Um, so I've, I've like, loved watching him play for the past couple years. Awesome, awesome. All right, and uh, final question then. Um, over under. Do you guys or can you guys possibly repeat next season? Um, you know what? I think we have a big shot in repeating. Again, like our biggest competitors are probably the people that we played, so the Astros and the Yankees. But if we keep the same young core, which I think we're still going to have for next year before contract discussions end up coming up in the next couple years, I feel like the window is for next year for us to repeat. So I say yes. Terrific, terrific. Thank you so much, Jenny. Is there anything you want to plug or any social media you want to buy to follow or anything you want to say? Um, no, no. Go Sox. And, and now we focus our attention on the Patriots and the Celtics. And I'm really, really crossing my fingers because the Celtics, a Celtics championship would feel so, so good since the last one was 2008. So it's been 10 years. Um, we have a great, great young group of guys who are super talented um, and, pay, and play really unselfishly. So go Celtics, go Patriots, and go Red Sox. Fair enough. I have to bring you back on when the when the Patriots are eliminated from, from uh, week one of the playoffs and, and the Boston Celtics don't make it at all. Thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Marvin. Bye. Bye. Hey, uh, we'll be right back with predictions after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Black Man from the Offensive Line. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
I don't even sound like black man. That's because the offensive line's been doing a couple new things, and I want to share those with you. Yes, we went through some changes. Now, our format is a little different. Thanks to Damien Cross, he actually changed things around a little bit for us. But don't worry, we're still going to say things like this. <clears throat> if, it makes you, if it makes you feel better, I saw a stripper pull a tampon out of a puss. That <laughs> is on, on Instagram. Disgusting. And let's not forget stuff like this. The Asian dude with the black girlfriend yes. that tried to um, suck his dick? Yes. Okay. He remembers. Oh, of course he remembers. Mm-hmm. And don't freak out. We're going to still have new stories like this. Come on, Ron called him the Catch Me If You Can molester. <laughs> if, you've ever, if you've ever seen Catch Me If You Can, he just fucking cons his way to any job he wants. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. Molest me if you can. <laughs> Come to a theaters near you. <laughs> Still directed by Steven Spielberg. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we it's actually the sequel. But yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's coming back. That is what it is. Molest me if you can. He's fat this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no worries. The fence alignment will still be just as fantastic as you remembered. And also, you can still catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, our website, OffensiveLine.net, and even on Radio Vegas Rocks. <laughs> right? Offensive Line. Being just as shitty as you. back with everybody's favorite portion of the show. I hope y'all making money off these amazing predictions that I'm giving. And Mike's got a few right here and there too. Something uh, like that, something like that. Amazing week of NFL action coming up. We want to go over a few key topics and uh, give you our predictions on them. Um, it's a little bit late this week for the show, so we'll dive right in. How do you feel about this rookie, know-nothing, out-of-nowhere quarterback just spanking the Raiders? Oh, uh, man, you talking about Brett Favre's homeboy? Uh, I, that, listen, if you took his jersey off and you put Jimmy Garoppolo's jersey, it it looked like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, uh, that's definitely, I pretty much, I definitely feel that's how Kyle Shanahan wants to run that offense. Everybody was running wide open. But at the same time, not to take nothing away from the rookie quarterback, it was the Oakland Raiders who are clearly trying to get the number one pick in the draft. And, um, hey, man, look, we just had to talk about it. Maybe they can unload Jimmy G's contract and uh, invest in this young guy, but I need to see more from him. You know, I can't I can't go off one game. You know, that's happening to a lot of guys in this league, and they... It's like a flash in the pan type thing. So, I mean, if he can continue his success, more power to him. But me personally, I just need to see more more tape than just one game against the worst team in football. Now, now my argument with you is this. I, I, I got to deal with a lot of people who, who are on the Jimmy G bandwagon. I don't see the hype personally only because all he did was come to a team that had talent on it mm-hmm. and beat five teams at the tail end of the season last year that should have been beat anyway and then come in and win one game. He was, he was one and one by the time he went out with the injury. Um, so if they're willing to throw that kind of money at him, I see the same fickle 49ers team being willing to, to take that money right back and, and, and invest in this rookie contract of this young dude who can do the exact same that Jimmy G could possibly do if he wins five more games this season and, and, and get rid of that, that $100 million contract that the 49ers got to do. They, you know what they could do with something like $37 million off their cap? Uh, in, in free agency this year? No, definitely, definitely. There's definitely a lot of guys that's coming out. Um, Dante Fowler, even though he just got traded to the Rams, he's definitely up for a big contract. But uh, like like I said, you know, if he wins, if he goes 5-0, and boom, and he's playing lights out, um, 
I'm a competitive guy. I would go into the offseason and tell Jimmy G, hey, you're getting paid this much, but you need to, you know, solidify your your, your worth for your contract, even though he's coming off a knee, knee injury. You know, the NFL is not, we know it's, it's a business, and teams are going to make the best business decision for the franchise. So if the young buck is what the 49ers need going forward, then more power to them. All right, so what's the bigger storyline coming out of this game? The potential QB battle of the 49ers or the realization that the Raiders are probably trying to tank this season? Um, I'm going to go ahead and be greedy and say both. Because <laughs> it's clear as day that if the young buck keeps it up, there's going to be a quarterback battle out west. And... The Oakland Raiders are definitely tanking, especially when they acquired three first-round picks. They're trying to get the number one pick, and I don't know about you, but I've never seen a team have four first-round draft picks in the draft. I, I couldn't even pull that off in Madden. <laughs> well, honestly, so that game, that game, that game was interesting. That game had a lot of a lot of leeway in the next season, especially in the offseason for those two teams. Cool. And 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 I know you're looking at this one specifically. Uh, because it's a battle of a quarterback who used to be versus two quarterbacks, one that's already been and one that may never be at all. Uh, now, look, man, I, I'm not a Jameis Winston sympathizer at all, not in the slightest, but I will say this. I do believe that financially and the longevity of that team is on that man's shoulders. Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic as they call him, is a Band-Aid for the time being who will not make them into the playoffs anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't believe this team will make the playoffs regardless. But... I said that to say this, what do you think Carolina needs to do to make this season worthwhile? To make this season worthwhile, well, listen, there's a lot of things that we have going. We have a lot of young guys, a lot of young guys at the wide receiver position, especially. Um, listen, this team goes as far as Cam Newton takes us. Uh, if you look at the way we play playing offense, it's definitely uh, multi-versatile. You know, we're not, we're most, we're the most unconventional offense in the NFL, if you ask me, with starting with our quarterback to our run game, to the sweeps, screens, all that. So, uh, I mean, look, we got guys that if you can get, if we, if we can get them in space. I like, I like our guys to outrun everybody, anybody in the league. But at the same time, it starts with the offensive line. You know, we have somewhat offensive line troubles, but for the most part, Cam has been protected. So in this game with Tampa, you know, they do have a good a good little pass rush. I don't know the health of Gerald McCoy in this game coming in, uh, you know, coming. I think he suffered an injury two weeks back, calf injury. Definitely with a pass rusher, that's something to uh, pay attention to. But, you know, I, I'm not, you know, it's the NFL. I'm not going to say this is a, a cakewalk because Tampa definitely has an explosive offense. We've seen that this year under the helm of uh, Fitzmagic. But, uh Listen, I feel like we play our game, our defense shows up. We know that Tampa can't run the ball, so make a one-dimensional play over the top. I think it'll be easy. All right, so um, who has a bigger impact in fantasy this week, McCaffrey or Moore? Uh, definitely McCaffrey. Moore is uh, definitely coming to his own, and the only reason he's starting, you know, no offense to him, because our veteran uh, Torrey Smith is out dealing with a knee injury, but there's no, you know, structural damage in there, so he'll be back soon. But it's definitely good for DJ Moore to get some reps, especially after he had that abysmal game against uh, the Redskins, two fumbles, resulting in 10 points. And so I definitely, he's definitely bouncing back. Uh, he had a good game last week, so 
I would say definitely McCaffrey. He's going to get his touches. Look McCaffrey to get like 17 to 23 touches this game, whether that's running or receiving. Oh, terrific, terrific. Then, uh, so I'm guessing you're picking Carolina then. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bleed blue, baby. Let's go. I'm okay. going to I'm gonna go Carolina, too. I'm not happy about it because I don't like your face, but I'm going to go with it. Hey, uh, all right, so um, next we got a, a fellow brother from the NFC South uh, heading to D.C. to take on the Redskins. Um, how are you feeling about the on-again, off-again offense uh, of the Atlanta Falcons taking on the surprisingly unheralded defense in Washington? And that's with them adding, uh, adding uh, Ha Ha Dix. Uh, definitely a team like Atlanta that's struggling ever since the first first game. Lost three key starters, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, and uh, Devontae Freeman recently going to IR. It's just a bad year for Atlanta. Julio Jones hasn't scored since week 12 of last season. Uh, Washington has definitely found the fountain of youth for uh, Adrian Peterson. I think uh, Washington grinds this game out and uh, they get it done on the road. And uh, I think if Atlanta loses this game, they fall to, uh, if I'm not mistaken. They would fall to uh, four and four. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. They're to five, three and five. I apologize. Three and five, yeah. So that's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely for a team in Atlanta that's been in the playoffs pretty much every year. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, it'll be pretty bad. But I think uh, Washington, yeah, they definitely moved. They would be, what, six and two after this game. So, uh, yeah, Washington grinds it out. They play, they play their style. And uh, I think they retain their uh, hold, their nice grip on the, uh, NFC East, even though it's, it doesn't take that much. Right. Um, Alex Smith, low-key, with, uh, with eight touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, really decent passing, kind of what you expect from Alex Smith. Great, but not spectacular. I'm um, going to go with you as well, man. Washington takes it uh, to Atlanta. Uh, we're still on the watch for Julio Jones' first, uh, first touchdown. Hopefully he gets it pretty soon because it's getting a little depressing at this point. Ugh. <laughs> All right, we got the uh, the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, heading into uh, Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings come off that tough loss to uh, to the Saints last week. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? Well, that loss to the Saints, even though it was only by 10, it felt like so much more. Uh, that was one of the few times where you see a good team like the Vikings get extremely outplayed. You know, Kirk Cousins, you know, he... He tried to do his thing, but you can tell who was the better team that night. You know, I hate to say it, the Saints are a way better team than the Vikings. They're built. You better enjoy saying it. They they're built for situations like that. Uh, diversity of the run game. You know, Kamara had two two touchdowns. I mean, it's it it, it showed what the the Vikings are lacking. But in this game, you know, it's a divisional game. You know, we talk privately a lot about divisional games. It's tricky sometimes, but I think with the loss of Golden Tate, that puts more uh, more of the attention on Marvin Jones, and I haven't I haven't seen him as the number one option yet. But now it's his chance. But I don't think, even with the injury to Xavier Rhodes, um, I definitely think the Vikings get it done. They get back on uh, the winning ways and try to keep hold on that wild card spot in the NFC. Even after the loss to Seattle last week, I still go with the Detroit Lions. Um, the Vikings defense hasn't been as tough as it's supposed to have been. They haven't been Minnesota of last year. The, Definitely. the flying purple people leaders like they were. 
Uh, so I'm gonna go with if they can if they can hold up uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, I think that the Lions could win this one fairly easily. To be honest with you, mm, I mean that, that, that's one that's a, uh, that's an underrated game right there to watch. Now nah, I'll tell you this: um, next game being that uh, Christmas comes early for the AFC North. It is essentially the first playoff game this season. Definitely, uh, it is uh, the Steelers heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Um, obviously, with the Ravens having already had a win over the Steelers, Steelers need this in case there's any ties or anything to keep them out of the playoffs. Um, as of right now, the Steelers, unless they keep an amazing win streak going, uh, you know the the trick with this one is because of the tie earlier in the season with the with the with the Browns, um, the Ravens and Steelers have similar records, but are kind of stuck in one and three. Now, if the Ravens can beat the Steelers, it potentially flip flops this entire thing, and they go from third to first, and Steelers go from first to third. Um, who you got, man, with Pittsburgh uh, with still no no bell heading into uh, Baltimore? Well, obviously, you know, obviously with uh, not having Bell, a lot of there was a lot of questions for the run game. But James Conner, through eight games, I believe, has nine hundred and eight purpose yards. That's beating Le'Veon Bell's team record from two thousand fourteen. So um, they have the weapons. Uh, like I told you before, their pass rush, and I mean pass rush, I'm talking about Pittsburgh. Their pass rush is coming alive a little bit. Uh, the Watt, the other Watt brothers, holding his own. Uh, you got Bud Dupree. You know, you got some guys. Some guys are there. Joe Hayden's turning back the clock a little bit. Still getting burnt, but still coming up with some interceptions. And uh, I don't know, man. Uh, listen, you saw what happened in Baltimore last week when you got athletic pass rushes, when you could do the Joe Flacco. And uh, John Brown got locked up by a rookie quarterback, you know. Not to give the Panthers too much time, but you, you – how you want to beat Joe Flacco? You want to get in his face. They did sign Ty Montgomery, so hopefully he doesn't fumble this game. But I got the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers get swept. Uh, I think they they keep a, a firm hold on the number one spot right now, and uh, it's smooth sales. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baltimore in this one. They've already proven that they can beat the Steelers. Uh, the teams haven't changed a whole lot since the last time they played. No major injuries significantly. Um, I think Flacco knows how to take it to, uh, you know, the Steelers-led, uh, you know, uh, was it disguise blitzes and multi-man packages. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Ravens just because they've shown they can do it. And, and if, if, if I had one thing to put on my tombstone, it's going to be, you know, Merv Ellis, 1988 to whenever, act like you've been here before. All right, so question, how does Ty Montgomery play into Baltimore's plans. Do you think he gets a workload, a decent workload this week, or they're going to ease him on in? Uh, they got other options right now. Uh, Collins, as far as I know, is not injured, so I yeah. think that he definitely is probably the third guy down there. Um, I see that being a significant injury, or maybe maybe they. And I, I know one thing not going to happen. Not going to have him on kickoff return, especially with the game on the line. Yeah, so we're not I, being petty though. So I mean, I, I, I if I had him in fantasy, I'd probably find another thing to do. Um, I see at best five carries for him. Only thing else, I'd be some kind of significant injury before you know Sunday morning for anything else to change. All right, all right, all right. Um, so next we got uh, okay. So here's here's a little thing. So we have the surprising favorites versus the emotional favorites of the league this year uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Are they the surprising favorites? As, as, no, I knew they'd be this good, especially with a second-year quarterback who never took too many snaps prior to this. Okay. Um, against the stars of this year's hard knocks, the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, the now they're in flux. Browns are in flux. Got rid of the head coach. Hugh Jackson's gone. Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator's gone as well. 
Uh, you know, so we don't know what we're looking at when they walk in. Uh, is there any chance or is there any holes you see in the Chiefs game that could somehow cause Cleveland Browns to steal this game? All right. Well, last time these two quarterbacks met up, and when I say two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, they met up in college, and the final score was 66-59. to 59. Baker Mayfield took it through seven touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes broke this, the single-game sing, single record for all-purpose yards in FBS history. But we're not in college. We're in the NFL. Uh this game has the potential to get high scoring, but I think the Chiefs have a little better defense than Cleveland. And when I say that, it's barely, like, bare minimum. Uh, I think Mahomes asserts himself early. I'm going to get Mahomes four touchdown passes, one in Kareem Hunt, and uh, this game is over. Er, this game is over by the fourth quarter. No offense to uh, <laughs> every game ever is over by the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, no I mean, <laughs> no offense to uh, Baker Mayfield. And, um, he'll probably put up, I give him twenty-one to twenty-eight points, but I think the Chiefs going to hang 45, 45 plus on this game. All right, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs as well. You kind of can't really root against them on this one, especially against the two and five Cleveland Browns. No, um, they seems their best games this year are behind them at this point, but you never know. They could make a run for it. The NFC North is still kind of wide open. Uh, so you never know who could get that wild card spot. Definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, next game, I'm just going to make it very simple for you. Um, are you taking uh, Sam Darnold or are you taking Brock Osweiler? We're talking about the Jets at, at, at uh, Miami. I mean, uh, Jets got beat up last time by them, but that was with, that was with a, a healthy Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, Brock Osweiler did beat the Bears in overtime. But uh, this division game, man, I'm telling you, these, these, uh, these division games get tricky. So, I think the Jets... You know, they figure it out this time. They pass less this time than they did at that first meeting. They tried to stab as uh, Isaiah Crowell, and uh, the Jets grinded out a f- three, three to four-point win in this game. Terrific, terrific. Then. All right, so uh, I'm going to go with the Jets as well. I just don't take Brock Osweiler, even though for some reason, for a guy who doesn't have the right mechanics and everything, he seems to average starting at least three to four games a season for whatever team he's on. I never understand But that. before we move on, I'm pretty sure we both can agree if the Dolphins were somehow to win this game, we wouldn't be surprised. Oh, not at all. Um, the Jets haven't seemed to have an answer on defense since they played the Lions yeah. uh, in week one. Uh, so they've been just trying to outlast teams and trying to survive. Uh, may it be in this country, even overseas. So who knows? <laughs> um, next game we got, man, we got the Buffalo Bills with their fifth string quarterback at this point uh, taking on the Chicago Bears. Uh, it'll be in Buffalo. Uh, now, here's my question. Just they had they acquired Terrell Pryor uh, before the trade deadline, um, and there was serious talks by the head office about starting Terrell Pryor over, Peter, or over Peterman as the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills against the, um, against the Chicago Bears. Uh, how do you feel about that potential decision, even though it's not going to happen? I think even with Josh Allen starting, but uh, they still lose this game. Even with the possible absence of a Khalil Mack, the Bears' defense has kind of fizzled out a little bit, but they still bring a decent pass rush. Buffalo is, I think they're trying to go tick for tack with uh, Oakland and try to be the worst team in football. A lot of promise after last year making the playoffs after so long and just a quit. It just shows you how the NFL can turn around real quick. 
I definitely got Chicago. Not big. You know, uh, Bill's defense is still kind of feisty. I think Chicago grinds this game out with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. And, uh, yeah, I, I give them a five, five, six-point victory. Do so you think it'll be that close? You think that, and you think that uh, yeah, P- yeah. Peterman, who, who's going to be the starter, uh, is going to keep the game that close? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we both agree we can't really trust Trubisky to go into a game and win a game he's supposed to. Like, he has to have a lot of things go right for him. It's not just going to – if they win the game, it's not going to be just – because he, he said he can't find that little bit of magic he had when he threw five touchdown passes after going Super Saiyan in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but Tampa has no secondary, so. Touche, uh, my friend, touche. I'm going to go with the Bears with that one as well. All right, uh, now we got something heading out west. Uh, we got the Chargers, the quiet, quietly uh, five and two Chargers. Definitely. Uh, taking on the, the Seattle Seahawks and still my pick for MVP this season. Uh, you know, uh, Russell Wilson uh, at four and three. Now you laugh now, but but if that team makes the playoffs and they win the wild card and they get into any type of a conference championship, oh yeah, 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 you gotta agree to me that the man is carrying the team by himself. Definitely. I mean, they they're uh, they're a been there, done that type thing. I think they're the number one rushing team in the NFL. They obviously have to with the absence of a, a offensive line, which they don't have. I think they're averaging uh, 25 to 28 run calls per game. That's one of the most highs in the NFL. But, listen, man, I don't know when people are going to finally put some respect on my boy, Phillip Rivers. Keenan Allen is balling. Uh, I'm a little worried about the health of Melvin Gordon. I think they ran him too much early in the season. But... As on past shows, I said, fancy sleeper, Mr. Austin Elker. Definitely, I call him Mr. 60 because anytime he's in the game, he always finishes with 60 yards or more. So I think, uh, I think Phillip Rivers, you know, he takes a trip out west in uh, Seattle area and uh, gets the job done. It's definitely a close game because Seattle at home is a lot better than they are on the road. Uh, my argument to you is this. The reason why Phillip Rivers gets no credit is because when he came in, where he was at his prime and where he is now, he's had to contest with uh, Tom Brady and, and uh, Peyton Manning and then uh, becoming the starter over Drew Brees uh, because of the injury. Uh, you have to look at Chargers going, okay, we have this amazing B-minus quarterback. That's what we're going with. We don't trust Drew Brees. He's too short. Yeah. They send Drew Brees out to New Orleans, who becomes an A-plus quarterback, breaking every record there possibly is. Uh, you know, um, and also at one point didn't have Eli Manning as well, and then they were trading for him, trading him away in the draft as well. So I mean, a situation where Chargers can't seem to get anything right. They've had a few stars. Don't get me wrong; they've had Hall of Famers such as Antonio Gates and 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 Ladainian Thomas, and of course, but they always seem to be missing that guy. They don't have that one guy that could turn a franchise around and get them to where they need to get to. And also, they always seem to be unhealthy. In the worst type of games, Philip Rivers played with a torn ACL in the AFC Championship game. I mean, that's that's one of the most bad luck franchises in NFL history. I'm pretty sure we both can agree on. That. No, agreed 100. Um, I got Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a situation where he he's willing this team into these wins. The defense is doing whatever they can to try. You know, um, it's it's a young it's a young a linebacker core. Uh, you know, the heart of that team is still always going to be the defense. Uh, and they're 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 manageable. They're not getting blown out in games. 
So I mean, it, it I, they can win. They they can they can be, they can win the Chargers. Before we move on, uh, how do you feel about them being the number one rushing offense without with legit not having the same guy starting every week at running back? They have I think like four guys running the ball plus the addition of Wilson and his legs. The the argument is that there it shows that the tenacity of their offensive line, mm-hmm. and it shows that at the end of the day they have to respect the play action. Uh, that Russell Wilson does flawlessly. So if you know he can chuck it, and you know he can run it, and you got You got to respect. You got to respect. You got to respect the pass. You, you'll give up five to not give up fifteen. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of the games. They don't. They don't see a lot of eight man boxes like like a lot of other teams do. So that makes sense. I I like that. And doing like that, that without without a top ten wide receiver on their on their roster. Shout out to Tyler Lockett though, winning me some fantasy games. Yeah, you and nobody else. Uh, okay, so we got uh, we got a battle out here of, of the defensive lines now. Uh, we got mm. the Houston Texans uh, still leading the league in sacks, uh, heading to the Broncos to face uh, Case Keenum, uh, Mister eh, eh. doing what he can do out and getting carried by his defense uh, in Mile High. Uh, who you got when uh, the Texans head to Mile High to face the Broncos? Listen, Texans are like the Chargers. Nobody talks about them. But if you're a fan of the game like me and Merv are, you got to understand not great teams, but teams that you have to respect. And Houston is one of them. Started 0-3, five-game win streak. He just took uh, the all-time leading receiver for the Denver Broncos. And they're playing the Denver Broncos. So you know they're going to feed the man. Definitely got the Texans in this one. Might be a little defensive game. Uh, Bradley Chubb, out of the rookie from Denver, is definitely seven seven and a half sacks. I think five in the last three weeks. So it definitely be a defensive game, but I think Watson is definitely have definitely has all the tools now. I would love to see Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller all in field at the same time, but we can't. But uh, like I said, it would be a defensive game. Uh, field goal late wins it for uh, Houston. Now I got a quick question for you before I make my prediction. Do you believe that the acquisition of Thomas uh, means that Will Fuller may not be on the roster come uh, next season? That they might trade him away in the no, offseason? No, no, no. I definitely think Will Fuller moves back into the slot where he belongs. He's not, you know, no knock on him. You know, he's not really an outside wide receiver. Now they have a legit. Two, now they have two legit outside wide receivers and Fuller being able to attack the middle of the field and pushing towards pushing towards more of the end zone. So I definitely think when that offense is full, they will have those three wide receivers and then whoever else they want to pan out with. But I definitely think they need a new running back, though. Well, it just goes to show you specifically. I'm going with the Texans on this one just because uh, I'm, I don't even play football, but I'm afraid of their front four if I ever just saw them walking down the street somewhere. Exactly. Uh, so they kind of freak me out. Um, what's weird is, though, is that with the Texans being 5-3 and three and the Chargers being 5-2, and two, you'd figure that they'd be closer in their respective divisions. But the Texans are sitting way up top uh, with a two-game lead in everybody else in the AFC, um, you know, including you know the revitalized Indianapolis Colts and the bottom of the rung Jaguars, who were just in talks of AFC Championship last year. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and you got the Chargers with five and two, who are sitting two games behind the Chiefs at seven and one. So it just goes to show you that every game matters, and you never know who's going to just have a surge 
the, every upcoming season. Um, now, the next game I want to get into, and I'm excited to talk about, um, is going to have to be uh, the Rams heading over to uh, New Orleans mm. uh, to face my Saints. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say there's two games of the week, and this is the first one. <laughs> now, um, the concept being is this. Um, the Saints having being 7-1 and one, and the Rams being 8-0 and oh currently. Uh, being that these teams will face each other, and at the end of the day, you know, uh, this is battle both, for first place. Yeah, yeah both teams will be both. No matter what happens, like if the Saints win, they're 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 eight and one, and the Rams will be eight and one. Uh, theory: If the Saints win, does that make them the number one team in the NFC? Um, I don't think that would make them the number one team in the in the NFC. But I think you would you would you're like technically you already have to respect the Saints because how they're built and they actually play defense now and. You know, the guy, uh, what's his name, Marcus Davenport, he's actually rushing the passer now and getting more uh, playing time, which is smart because they gave up half the city of New Orleans for him. I'm telling you, right? We gave all of Bourbon Street. But I think that this will put them on the same playing field as uh, the Rams because the Rams are on a different level right now. I wouldn't say that the Rams have a better offer. I just think the Rams, as a complete whole, are a better team than the Saints, but if the Saints win, I'm not saying my prediction yet, if the Saints win, that puts them in contention, and you can start saying, hey, does the road to the Super Bowl go through New Orleans, or does it stay in Los Angeles? Um, Do you think that this is also a preview of a potential NFC Championship game? This is the NFC Championship game, (laughs) Uh, unless, you know... Hey, I'm a Panthers fan, die hard. But unless you know, unless we can shoot it out with two teams like this, because you know, it, it shows like defense wins championships. But these past couple uh, postseasons, you got to be able to score to win some games. Right, and I do correct myself. Uh, the Saints win this one; they'll be seven and one. And if uh, the Rams lose, they'll be eight and one. Yeah, because I think the Saints had the early bye. They did have so. the early bye, but it still stands that they did beat the best team. Best team. Bar none in football Technically today. the best team in football. In right football now. today. Um, so, um... All right, let's get into the hard part. I know where you're going. I'm obviously going for... I mean, I know where you're going. I think they can do it. I think they have a better overall team. I think... I, I, when I say overall team, I mean, I think they do every aspect of the game better, better than, than any Rams. other team. But I think that 100% that the Rams have the best offense in football, bar none. Yeah, okay. All right, so in this game... I want to check the health of Cooper Cup. Um, the most handsome man in football. Bar, bar none. Um, listen, man. I hate to say it. I think the Saints take this. They're at home. They're an unbelievable team at home. You know, they they obviously went on the road against Minnesota, put 30 on that, on that uh, once-vaunted defense. But it's hard to beat the Saints at home, man. Me being a Panther fan, I see it year in, year out. You got to play flawless to beat them. I think Jared, this is Jared Goff's first real test, even though he just played Aaron Rodgers last week. This is his first real, real test of the season. Even though November 19th, they played the Chiefs in London. I think uh, in London or at Mexico City. I'm one of those two. Um so I think I got the Saints, but it's definitely 4th of July and that on Sunday. 
Definitely Fourth of July. Uh, a lot of fireworks. A lot of high scoring if games. You're, if you're definitely a fan of offense, because you know, uh, I don't know about Merv. I got I got a lot of friends that prefer offense over defense. So if you're definitely an offensive fan, and you got any fantasy player starting in this game, I would watch this game. Uh, get a lot of beer. Get a lot of chicken, because it's going to be a really, really, really good game. I believe 100. Uh, percent I agree 100. percent And I had my other question for that then is. Um, Okay, so f- let's say four years from now, who's the number one quarterback in the league? Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes. Well, you gotta think about it. Jared Goff last year was mediocre. No, he did his he did I his mean, job. I two mean, two seasons ago, he was garbage. I mean, yeah, but that was Jeff Fisher's problem. He, he was he was okay, but now he's taking the steps. So now, if he can maintain it, and Mahomes can maintain it. With the offensive minds of Sean McVay, Andy Reid, I would, you know, I hate to say this to the fan, I think it'd be a tie, man. I think it'd be like 1A, 1B. And these two guys, I'm not saying they're going to be about the next two guys we're talking about, hmm. but they'll definitely be two of the most stable mainstays at the quarterback position coming coming into... Okay, then, then, then here's a better question then. Uh, Madden, Madden 2022, who has a higher, who has a higher rating? Mahomes. Just just based on his arm talent, because that man's ridiculous. Boy, let's hope they don't have uh, let's hope they don't have uh, voiceovers recorded. I don't want to hear that guy's voice in my video game. Listen, that man, <laughs> that man, he'll he'll probably have a hundred uh, throwing power. <laughs> throw it into the stands. They don't even kick field goal. They just have to throw it through the through the uprights. Exactly. Um, okay, so um, the listen, America's game of the week. Yeah, well, uh, the the last game we talked about was... The Mike the, and Merv game of the week. Mike and Merv game of the week. This the, is quote-unquote America's, America's game, game of the week. A uh, lot of hype. Jordan shooting commercials. Everybody, these guys making love comments about each I, other. I don't want you... I was pissed at that Michael Jordan commercial. I thought he was going to talk about the real competition. Listen. I didn't. Hey. I was so mad when it turned. I was so pissed. But that's the, so, that's the beautiful thing about sports. I thought Jordan was going to put the nail in the coffin and... He had everybody going left. How 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 big how how much of a scream would you have done if he'd be like, "Yo, we're putting this rest right now"? He just raised his hand up and showed all the rings. Would Listen, you have popped big? I would have cried. <laughs> I would have been like, "Thank God, finally, the real goat has spoken." But you know, he teamed up with Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you guys checked out the commercial. Definitely something to look for. They're going to air it during the game if you haven't already seen it. Um. I'm gonna let you go first, man, because this game is. Oof, this game I might, is I crazy, might, man. I might have to rip that. I might have to rip that audio, that audio, and put that in the front of the show. Uh, we got the uh, Green Bay Packers heading to Foxborough. Hopefully, it's not too cold, but they don't care because these are two cold weather teams anyway. Exactly. Facing uh, Tom Brady and his New England Patriots. And technically, this would be summertime for Green Bay. I'm saying this would be this would be a Green Bay summer, won't it? Yeah. Um, now the argument is this: um, Gronk is slated. Two star, but he's still questionable. Um, we got the fact that uh, Packers don't really have a number one receiving option. And Geronimo Allison suffered a groin injury yesterday in practice, so that's something to look forward to, too. So it's a situation where who can do the most of what they have? Um, neither one of these teams have a lot of stars as far as certain positions go. I can't name the best guy on defense in New England. I mean, uh, you know, you got you got a couple guys, but it's nobody like you said. It's nobody that stands out. Somebody on offense for Green Bay is Devontae Adams. I think he has a big game on this on this so, night. So, is this a defensive struggle or an offensive fireworks show? 
Uh, I think it'll be a boxing match at first, so that'll fall on the defensive struggle. But then I think once they figure each other out and figure out that neither team has a defense, especially <laughs> with, um, especially with Green Bay trading a uh, uh, ha ha Clint Dix. You know, Brady's gonna do him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is gonna do him. Uh, I'm pretty sure the special team coach is gonna tell anybody returning for Green Bay, hey, if we're down, kneel it. I got the Packers late, man. I'm not saying a score, but they're just going to – Aaron Rodgers will figure it out late. And um, this, this don't solidify no GOATS conversation or anything, but it'll it be – It doesn't? It'll definitely be uh, – it'll definitely be one that you can talk about with your kids growing up for years ago. Now, it is still kind of crazy because of the fact that the Patriots being 6-2 and two and Green Bay being 3-3, three and three, that this is even considered a serious game. But – you know, two of the greatest quarterbacks, at least of the last generation, as much as I hate to say it, even though I think everybody just be riding Aaron Rodgers way too much. Um, but I got I got the Patriots taking this one. I got them taking it uh, 35 to 17. Oh, Jesus. So you're trusting the Patriots defense? I trust I trust I trust Tom Brady having the ball in his hands and being able to score at will. Don't get that man no time on the clock. We've seen that in the regular season and the postseason. And Madden. See, so yeah, basically. Uh, I know you've had some time. You're like, yo, I just got to beat this guy. I get through this man. I, I'm up ahead. And, and somehow Tom Brady finds every open receiver because he just makes your quarters dumbfounded. Definitely. Okay. And uh, the Monday final game of the week. The most boring game of the week. Mariota and his Tennessee Titans head over to Dak Prescott. Nah, you don't forget that. I'm going to say Dak Prescott. To, to Ezekiel Elliott and, and the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Um, now, here's the question. Does Mariota show up or does Ezekiel Jackson not? I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott not. Uh, Zeke's definitely going to show up. I want to see the acquisition of Amari Cooper. Uh, I mean, Think he starts with the first offense? Definitely. He has to. They give up a first-round pick for him. I think he scores a touchdown in this game as well. Uh, listen, man. Thrown by who? Dak Prescott. Okay. Listen, this game is so boring, I'm almost falling asleep talking about it. Uh, Dallas, Dallas should hand Tennessee their ass on a platter. Is that home? So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I said they're both actually three and four, so this game actually matters in the long run. It actually does change pole position for uh, wild card. Basically, um, if the Cowboys win, they'll be tied with the Eagles, um, who are on a bye currently. And if the uh, sorry, and and if the uh, Titans. Titans, the Titans win, uh, they'll be just one game behind the Texans. The Texans don't win, so that means that once again, the AFC South is wide open. But the poor Jaguars are nowhere to be found. Speaking of that division, let's give a shout out to I don't know the head coach's name for the Indianapolis Colts, but. Those guys are playing there. They have literally nobody over there, but Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, and uh, Andrew Luck. Shout out to Marlon Mack, though, who won me a fantasy game this week. But those guys, they are playing hard. They are playing hard. Everybody's talking about they, they wouldn't win two games this year. They're playing hard, man. So shout out to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Frank Reich doing what he can do out there. Okay, Frank Reich. With, sorry, with the, I appreciate that, Mr. Reich. I'm sorry. <laughs> with the pieces. So let's see how it goes, man. Um, real quick, man. It's been a, it's been a great fantober. Um, we're not going to do a long outro like we normally do. We're kind of going to toss it to uh, a couple of last minute fan interviews. 
Um, thank you guys for following us for Fantober. Uh, November should be an interesting month, too, man. We're really getting into the separating the pack and a lot of these teams and the NBA season kicking off. Uh, you know, uh, heads up to Derrick Rose for the 50-point game, man. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, man, we got you know one more one more uh, interview with Fantober. We, we don't know what we're going to call November, but it'll probably be something more dope than Fantober. And uh, appreciate y'all listening and enjoy the picks. Hey, take it easy, man. Enjoy football.